Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, what's caused the Rays' latest tailspin? And what do they need more, an experienced bat or someone to close games? And how much have injuries taken a toll on this team? When the final standings shake out in the American League, which division leader may fall completely out of the playoffs? We've got the Rays pregame and postgame host Neil Solons to discuss all that and more. On this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Bursnick. Hey, is scalloping on your bucket list? Well, if so, you can do that with Captain Mike swimming with the manatees in Crystal River. Uh, The season runs through September 24th in Citrus County. And let me tell you, folks, this is the ultimate family bonding experience. Now, you can book your scallop tours now. And if you'd wish to adventure on your own, and maybe you have a party larger than six, you'll find a great selection of eight passenger pontoon boats available during the scallop season. So with the rental, you also get a GPS, a dive flag, an anchor, and all the required safety equipment and a detailed map for your convenience. Now, all you need is a saltwater fishing license. It does not include that. So book online now and get ready for some scalloping fun. Book online at swimmingwiththemanatees.com. Or you can call 352-571-1888. All right, the Rays have lost six of their last seven games. They're now uh, just out of the final wild card spot behind the Indians and the A's with the Red Sox just a game behind them as we tape this podcast. And Neil Solons joins us now. Neil, let's uh, let's dive into this a little bit. I want to take kind of a macro look, and then we'll get into some of the particulars. Uh, but but in general, this is obviously a, rush, uh, a rough spot for the Rays. Um, mostly offensively, but uh, they've had some breakdowns in the bullpen as well. So, so sort of what what is uh, what is hurting them the most right now uh, in terms of uh, unable to finish these games with wins? Um, it's a good question. You know, I I, I think there's a lot um, that adds up to the struggles that they've had. You know, I think we've talked you know in the past about the depth that this organization has. And I guess the last 50-some-odd games are going to really truly determine how much depth they've had. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think part of this is just the lack of continuity all season. Um, yeah. You know, and I think I wonder whether it's kind of caught up to the group and, and playing all the games in such a period of time. Doubleheaders, games in 13 days, which will end on Wednesday. And, I mean, they've had 21 different players on the injured list. And, look, the Yankees have overcome that. But I think when you're talking about two organizations with different resources, um, I think, you know, it's a a lot more likely for a team like New York to do it than it is for a team like the Rays to be able to do it. And I think that's why you kind of see the the separation between the two teams. And, um, you know, hopefully they're able to overcome this. But, you know, the last 50 some odd games are going to be very, very telling. Let's talk about a little bit about some of those injuries. I mean, obviously, uh, they, they missed Brandon Lau, who was a, a big part of their offense. Now it looks like Yandy Diaz uh, couldn't could miss a little time, I guess, uh, as we do this podcast again. Uh, he fouled a ball off his foot, and, and we still don't know exactly what's going to happen there. Um, so just from a lineup standpoint, Kevin Cash has had to been had to be creative, and, and you know some of his, his bigger offensive guys have been in and out. 
Yes. I mean, look, even, you know, Austin Meadows had a stretch where he was out three weeks and Matt Duffy's about to play for the first time. And Joey Wendell, who was such an integral part of last year, has been on the injured list twice. And I was kind of going through this in my head um, when I knew we were going to, you know, I was going to be on your podcast and I was thinking about it. And is there an offensive player or a position in this group that is having what I would consider a great year, a career year, a breakthrough year? Um, and then when you add up injuries and the amount of time missed, there's not a guy who's currently on a 30 homer pace. There's not a guy even on an 80 RBI pace at this point. Um, and so the, the, the sum is certainly, um, greater than, you know, any of the individual parts, but when you're missing guys for stints and periods and you look at, you know, just say Boston, I mean, you got two guys hitting two, three, each with 20 plus homers and 75 runs batted in here in, in late July. I mean, that's a pace for 30 plus 110 plus. Mm-hmm. And that's without JD Martinez having a great year. Um, and look, I'm not expecting the Rays to have guys like that, but I think, you know, to have, you can look at Cleveland and Lindor and Ramirez have, have kind of bounced back and, uh, Polanco and Kepler are having great years in Minnesota. I think to, to put yourself in a strong mix Chapman in Oakland, it helps to have that kind of breakthrough type player or season um, to kind of help anchor the offense and take pressure off guys. You know, Meadows looked like he was going to be that guy. And then, of Mm -hmm. course, you mentioned he missed the three weeks. He started, you know, he came out of it kind of slow, but now now he seems to be on a a bigger, you know, pace. He seems to be seeing the ball well, uh, has a hitting streak kind of going. So uh, could could he be uh, one of those guys that could finish strong and, and carry him over the line? You know, he could, Tommy Pham could, um, you know, I think there are several guys who are capable, um, and I'm hopeful that, you know, that, that will happen. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is can, you know, is confidence. Um, a lot of it is trusting the guy behind you. I mean, before the game on Monday, you know, the Rays were in this stretch where they were what four for 42 with runners in scoring position. Um, and I think that to me is if you look at, you know, the, the struggles, the offenses have had, and even when the pitching has struggled, I think even there, it seems like the higher leverage situations, um, regardless of who you're talking about, that's where guys try and do too much. And, you know, I don't know if at the deadline, the Rays will be able to acquire some sort of veteran that they think can calm things down. I don't know if just adding Matt Duffy to the mix and having, you know, a different, um, type of approach at the plate can filter down to other guys. Just like I think Charlie Morton's had a really good impact on some of the starting pitchers talking to them. Um, but I'm hopeful that, you know, in some capacity, this, you know, kind of after the off day, this, this team can kind of weather the storm the next couple of days, get an off day, catch their breath, and then hopefully start to play good baseball again. Neil, uh, one of the great stories of this Rays team in this season has been Travis Darno. Um, I don't know that I've seen a player come up and have the kind of impact that really was just a guy they needed to to fill in because they had so many injuries with their catching early on. What do you make of, of some of the performances he's put up there this year? You know, I actually had a sit down with, um, with Travis on Monday, uh, from my upcoming this week in race baseball show and what an easy guy to root for. Um, you know, you're talking about a guy who, look, he did play in a world series, um, with the Mets in, in 15 and he was, Kind of a key piece, you know, with double digits home runs several years in a row before he had Tommy John surgery last year. And um, I think it comes down to a lot of things. You know, we talk about confidence, and I think he has confidence in Chad Matola, 
who is a sitting coach in AAA Las Vegas. I think it comes down to confidence in the fact that he really believed that the the staff and the, and the coaches and the players all believed in him. Um, and I think maybe just right place, right time. I mean, we're talking about someone who his wife, Brittany, had their first child in November, so he's a dad. And for some guys, I think it allows them to kind of leave the field and not be 100, and I don't know if he was one of these guys anyway, but not be 100% focused on baseball 24-7. And it allows them to relax mentally and when they're away from the field. Um, he's just been a joy to be around, and obviously he's had some terrific moments. Isn't it funny how a player um, can get with a, a hitting coach like Chad Matola, have some success, and then they're reunited? Like He just seems to know the right triggers for Travis. Yeah, and and or not only the right triggers, but Travis believes he knows the right triggers. You know, I right. think, um, you know, it's 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 kind of like, you know, if you had you're in school and you had the same teacher in ninth grade and then in twelfth grade. Well, if things went well in ninth grade, you probably believe they can help you. If things That's didn't right. go so well in ninth grade algebra, you probably don't believe they're going to help you very much in calculus either. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I think it's a lot like life. When when you have a when things go well for you, you believe. When things don't go well, there's always a little bit of self-doubt. We're all, I think a lot of us are wired to look at results more than we are process. And that's hard to do, to, to switch it and go the other way. And um, obviously, I think in Travis's case, he believes in the process and he believes in the results that he's gotten with, with Chad, and it's helped a lot. You've seen a lot of amazing games in uh, Rays baseball over the years that you've been doing this. Uh, Neil, put in perspective what we watched when he hit his third home runs off of Roldis Chapman and, and they win the game in New York. You know, Dave, Andy, and I had a lot of um, discussions, exchanges based on that. And, and it really brought all of us back to when Dan Johnson hit that home run off Pavelbon in 08. I mean, in terms of being on the road, you know, in terms of what it seemed to mean at the time. And since then, obviously, the Rays have gone in this bad stretch. But in the moment, it felt like one of those, oh, you know, like wow moments. It really did. I mean, when you considered it, the Rays had never come back from a multi-run deficit on the road in New York in their franchise history. And they had someone hit three homers and do it off Chapman, who had never allowed a home run to the Rays. I mean, there were so so many first times that occurred in that sequence First time three homers by a catcher against New York. First time three homers by a leadoff, a catcher hitting leadoff. You know, all of those things would say, well, this isn't going to happen. Um, and then it did. And, you know, it, it's, it, it would be a shame if um, we're not looking back saying, boy, that was a great win in a year where. But, you know, sometimes those things are, are meant to be. And sometimes you got to kind of grind through and make your own luck. And this team's had a tough time this last week doing so since. Well, one of the worst luck they probably had happened early on, and that is that Tyler Glass now um, injured his arm. And it would appear, I don't know, Neil, if there's a definitive um, uh, answer to this yet, but very unlikely, I guess, at this point, maybe they can um, they can get him back maybe for this year. But what what an impact. You know, we, we always talk about what if, right, and that baseball, mm -hmm. like any sport, injuries are a big part of it. Boy, there was no better pitcher. He was a pitcher of the month uh, in April. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, I think, you know, when you look at guys, if, if you look back at the season and it doesn't go the way you hoped, you know, I, I thought at the season when someone asked me who are the five most valuable pieces of the 2019 season, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some laughed. I said, uh, Snell, Glass, Snell, Morton, because at the time they only had three set starters. And then they had starters, but they were following an opener. And then right. I thought uh, Alvarado Castillo. And if you look at the big picture of those five, Glasnow was great for a month and a half, got hurt. Snell has been good, but not certainly as good as you would have hoped for. Um, Alvarado has been injured and struggled after a good two months. And, the, and Castillo, the same thing. So of those five, only Charlie Morton has performed the way you probably would have hoped or drawn it up or, or exceeded maybe your expectation. The others have probably been below. So with four of those five, the fact that you're still, as we chat, 11 games over 500, I think is almost a little bit surprising. And, and it's a shame because I thought that Tyler was on his way to what I thought. You know, We talked about breakthrough years earlier in this podcast by position players. You know, I think Yanni Chirinos and Ryan Yarbrough are continuing to excel and grow. But, yes. I mean, I think the ceiling was so high for Tyler Glass now that I think he really you, – you really felt different when you came to the ballpark when he was pitching. It was almost like, oh, today is Glass now. This day is Morton. This day is Snell. I just thought that eased the burden on the group so much. And, um, you know, I, I would have I, I loved to have seen a year where all three were healthy. Obviously, it hasn't happened. Um, but, I mean, those guys really were exceptional when they're going well. They were, and it's. I, I assume it's put more pressure on on Kevin Cash in the front office to have to. We've seen them, you know, have to juggle guys between Durham and, and St. Petersburg in terms of just you know trying to fill out uh, enough guys in the bullpen to get through it. Um, you know, in terms of, I mean, the starters. You know, Chirinos has done very well. Yarbrough, obviously, when they've come in, whether they've started or been the bulk inning guys. I think Neil, that you know, maybe the back end. I mean, losing, um, you know. Jose Alvarado uh, for the extended period he was so good early on but trying to find a guy who's been there before trying to find a guy to get those last three outs that's sort of been uh, a bit of a of a chore for them right now it, it has um but I would also say it's been just as difficult to find a way to if not more so to separate a game you that's know right. like for instance the 11 inning game that they lost on Saturday night to Chicago they had first and second nobody out in the ninth inning um, and didn't win the game. And, you yeah. know, then you're saying, well, the bullpen couldn't get the job done. Well, was it really the bullpen or is it the fact that they couldn't score against a White Sox team that, I mean, let's be frank, is going to probably finish under 500 and not be a postseason team. Um, and, it, and that was the first time they had lost a series to a sub-500 team this year, which is hard to believe wow. that you went all the way mm-hmm. till July where that happened um, because, you know, the Yankees have done it, the Red Sox have done it, and so on and so on. Um, you know, I, and I, there are a lot of games like that that stick out to me, like even the 18 inning win over Minnesota, they had, was it the ninth or 10th inning where they had bases loaded, nobody out and couldn't finish the deal. And eventually it took them nine more innings. Well, that's nine more innings. Your pitching staff has to work. And, and I look at some of those moments as much as I do. I, I agree with you that the, the finding that guy has been lacking. Um, but I also look at the marketplace, right? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
now. And, you know, as we speak, the only guys who've changed hands are Homer Bailey and Andrew Kashner, and they're number five starters at best um, Mm -hmm. in terms of pitchers. And I, I, at least my thinking is there's so many teams that are still in it, um, or at least believe they're still in it, that no reliever has changed hands because the asking price is so high. So for me, um, it, it may be very hard to find that guy who you can say can help you resolve that. And it may be that you, you know, as, as you, you know, sometimes conversations that you have in July will lead to moves that happen in November. Um, and I think that's is something you have to attack, um, and add, you definitely need someone who I think is going to take a little pressure off, even if Alvarado Castillo, Pagan, Ian Jabot, et cetera, and so on are healthy. It certainly would be nice to have one, one veteran of the group that, you know, can help be kind of more of a lead dog, so to speak. You know, you mentioned what uh, Charlie Morton, um, his experience and, of course, performance uh, sort of, I I would think, helps all those guys. And let's face it, Snell won the Cy Young Award, right? So he's pretty Mm -hmm. established as as a starter himself and um, and is a leader of that group, too. Um, But they don't really, you know, they don't really have that on the offensive side. And what I mean is, uh, obviously, Matt Duffy, if he comes back, has been there a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you could only get one, (laughs) let's say you were down to – it's a it's a bat or an arm. Uh, which way would you lean? Uh, is it for this season only, or is it for? Well, think, yeah, probably, uh, for, probably for this. Yeah, probably for this year. In terms of what are they what are they lacking the most right now? If you could really, if you could inject something into their team. Um, at least from what I understand, what Hunter Pence meant to the the Giants and what he did to the Rangers before this recent fall off. Mm-hmm. I guess that was a rumored player that the Rays were talking about regarding. I mean, you know, I, I, I would lean toward the bat. That's me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think there are probably a lot of people who would lean toward the arm. I just think I, I look at so many games where, I mean, where this team has not separated games where they had a chance, not even, it's not only the, the, close games that they've lost where they fell in extra innings because they couldn't score or get that big hit. But there have been so many times where they're up 3-2. I I think there was the game in New York where where Travis grounded in the day after he hit the big home run. Um, He base-loaded one out against David Hale. And and he grounded into a a 6-4-3 double play. And I guess I'm I'm thinking, God, if you had a bat who could come up, and even if it's just get a base hit to the gap um, and turn 3-2 to 5-2, um, with such a young group of relievers, boy, it would just help them relax so much and, and sure. make those innings less stressful. And um, I think there's some of that that's been missing too. And that's, that gets, you know, you get back to hitting with runners in scoring position and high leverage moments. And I think the Rays have been near the bottom of the league in that category. They've been good at getting guys on base. They're top third in the league in that category, or at least better half of the league. But boy, um, you know, when it comes to some of the other moments, they seem to have just too many guys who have a very similar offensive approach. That's where I'm kind of curious how Matt Duffy helps. But to answer your initial question about, you know, if I could choose, I know a lot of people would always say pitching, pitching, pitching. Um, I would also love to see another bat here to take a little pressure off some of the young players who are still evolving. Neil, what is that approach? Because, um, you know, we, we've seen them strand guys on base, and uh, I don't know if it's that more contact or these guys trying to trying to drive the ball predominantly. I mean, Tommy Pham's been in that situation many times. He seems to be in a bit of a 
bit of a slump right now, but is that what you mean by similar approaches? Well, I mean, if you look at, um, you know, I, I remember looking some, something up recently in the race where I think uh, among the higher percentages in terms of how often they pull the ball with either runners in scoring position or high leverage situations, which okay. says to me they're trying to do too much, that they're not yeah. staying middle of the field, which they seem to do when there's nobody on base. Um, and mm-hmm. sometimes a veteran player can slow the game down enough. This game is hard enough um, to try and slow the game down for when you're not. Um, I think you try and do more than you're capable of doing. And I think, you know, a hitter like a Matt Duffy has been more of a singles approach or a guy like Hunter Pence who may have a very unorthodox look, but mm-hmm. has a propensity for driving in runs. Um, you know, I think those types of things can help balance out the group, maybe rub off, maybe lead guys to put less pressure on themselves individually and maybe leads them to take that more simple approach that they're doing with nobody on base, but they're they're definitely not doing when when they're in tight moments within a game in terms of guys they may get back uh in, especially the arms race as it goes uh do you see um jose de leon or anthony bonda coming back um you know it's a good question i i, I don't know i mean i guess my my cons- maybe not concerns i mean could they provide some innings sure are they going to provide key meaningful innings at this point in late july I'm I'm not sure either because you know in Anthony's case he's from what I understand he's thrown the ball reasonably well but this was a guy that last year before the surgery was throwing 97 miles an hour and right now is 90 up to 97 and now he's 91 93 and mm. and sometimes that velocity takes a little while to come back it might be mm. you know next spring where you see it back um, you know Jose De Leon you know is is had more outings where he's been right around 89 90 than he has 91 93. And that's not to say that won't work, um, but you certainly have less margin for error. Um, and, and those guys, I think, could pitch, you know, three, four innings at a time. Um, now, um, you know, I almost, you know, look at, um, boy, if they hold the group together um, and Glass now comes back healthy, how many guys they have who can help cover innings. So if an injury does happen, they're certainly better equipped than they were this year. Um, you know, I, I think that's kind of how I look at the the big picture that I think they're as much a future asset as they are a now asset. You know, baseball, Major League Baseball season is such a marathon, and yet when you get to about 50 or so games, it, it feels it feels like a sprint. But mm-hmm. we're starting to see some tightening of races. Um, I look at the Twins, who at one point seemed like they were 20 games in first place. Um, how do you think this playoff will shape up? I think Cleveland's going to catch Minnesota. I really do. Wow. Um, wow. I, I think – you know, they haven't even um, gotten Kluber back, and they've yeah. pulled within three games. Um, uh, but they've gotten Clevenger back, and they're without, you know, Carlos Carrasco. I mean, think how deep their pitching is right now. Oh, that they're gosh, without yeah. Kluber, um, and they're without Carrasco. Danny Salazar is another guy who they haven't had in so long. Um, and they're still three games back. Um, I, I, and I, I know Minnesota got a nice first win against the Yankees, the first game of that series. Um, I think that Lindor and Ramirez have been there. They're starting to figure it out. Um, I think they're going to take that division, which to me lends me to believe. And, and I don't think it's a guarantee that Minnesota even is in the playoffs. And some people may laugh at that, but I think you're looking at the Rays, Oakland, Minnesota, Boston for the two wildcard spots and four teams battling for two. That's, that's how I kind of look at it right now. Now some would say, okay, it's Cleveland or Minnesota and the loser is fighting with the wild card. 
And that may turn out to be the case. But if you're asking me today on July 20, whatever, what do I think is going to happen? That would be my guess. And I just think, you know, um, I know it's just one game, but Houston bombing Oakland in the first of that series and being, what are they, 37 and 14 at home? I mean, it's it's hard for me to believe that a team that still has 30 home games of their final 50-something um, that's playing that well at home is suddenly going to go into a shell at uh, at their ballpark um, and having had all the experience and missing all the guys they've had. The big question with them is how they're set for the playoffs in terms of their rotation because it's Verlander, Cole, I'm not so sure I trust Wade Miley in a big playoff spot. Um, it's what they have, you know, kind of after the big two. As we do this, uh, the Rays are in a critical series with the Red Sox. They play them again very shortly. They still have a number of games left with them, Neil. But if you look ahead at the schedule, and I know um, you mentioned they, they lost a series to a 500 team for the first time in the White Sox just a little while ago. Do you, do you see some relief? Do you see teams that, that, that the Rays have had success and should have success against going forward? On paper, yes, uh, if they start playing their, the baseball they're capable of because they go from you know, at this day off on Thursday until basically for four weeks they have one series against a team with a winning record. And it's not only that, it's the fact that they go day off, play three against Toronto, day off, play three against Boston, day off, play five at home, day off, play six, day off. Mm, nice. um, and, then the, and then another day off, and then they get Detroit, Seattle, and Baltimore. I mean, mm. if if those aren't games that on paper you shouldn't feel good about yourselves, and 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 then if they do play well, um, yeah, they have some tough games after that. But I do think the confidence can build again. Sure. And then sure. and then you only have five games before you get into September, where you have expanded rosters. Where to me, it's just all hands on deck. You know, you don't have to worry about oh, we can't recall this guy because he's not due back or. You know, we don't have enough players available. If you feel at that point you can make a push, you put 38 guys up there and and you give, you know, everybody, you know, as many guys as you think you need to win games, you have it there to win games. And the Rays even have four off days in the month of September. Um, so, you know, I, I, I still look at the schedule and go your first week of September, you have three at home against Baltimore and four at home against Toronto and Texas has just dropped to 500, and I don't think the Angels will still be competing for a playoff spot. You have those games, and then you close out the schedule with Toronto. Um, three games on the road to end the year with a day off before it. Um, you ha- Even your two games against the Dodgers, you're wrapped around days off on either side. Um, and Boston, New York, same thing, days off on either side of playing them at home. Granted, hard games, but I think that if you can just catch your breath and, and get guys back. I mean, we haven't even touched on the fact that, you know, not only Brandon Lau, but Kiermaier's not healthy. You mentioned Yandy Diaz. I mean, uh, you just lost Ryan Stanek for a stretch here. I mean, this team has not even been what I would consider close to whole for really the better part of a couple of weeks this year. Neil, I can't let you go without asking you about uh, some of the prospects in the Rays organization, but uh, not the least of which is Wander Franco, who has not disappointed since he's gotten uh, with the Charlotte Stonecrabs, and that's to say the very least. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was, I, I've been working on my Spanish. Uh, <laughs> I have, honestly. I know, um, I know. And I actually interviewed him before he went to the Futures game, with help. Um, I'm, I'm good enough to ask questions. I'm not good enough to, to translate in full. Um, and obviously he is, um, in an immense talent. Um, the fact that he's 18 years of age playing against league age average of 
what, 23 in the Florida State League, uh, and he's doing so much better than league average, um, it's scary. Um, you know, and, and not only that, I hear things about, you know, when he gets a day off, how good he is on the bench about cheering for his teammates. Um, and, you know, he, when I asked him about what it would mean to win a championship in the Florida State League, he says, I haven't won one yet. I want to win this year. He lost last year in, in the playoffs in Princeton. Um, you know, and the glean in his eye when he, you know, boldly says, I want to be in the big leagues at some point next year. Um, he's a pretty driven kid. Um, and, uh, his, his numbers compare favorably to those of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, at the same age, at the same level, um, which, you know, I think, I think gives Rays fans, you know, we talk about superstar potential players and how, you know, you've got the Lindors and the Ramirez is on Cleveland and Matt Chapman on Oakland. Um, I don't want to put that much pressure on the kid, but we are talking about the number one prospect in the game. And um, I think down the line, you certainly can be hopeful that he's capable of, of being a frontline type player. Just fantastic information from Neil Solans, the uh, Rays pre- and post-game host. Of course, you hear him on play-by-play with Dave and Andy and also catch This Week in Rays Baseball uh, with uh, this week Travis Darno. Neil, thanks so much. We appreciate it. You got it anytime, Rick. My thanks to Neil. Always good to talk to him. The Rays wrap up their series this afternoon at the Trop against the Red Sox. Charlie Morton will be on the mound against David Price. Great pitching matchup in that one. It's an early 12-10 start. Parks and Rec day, so a lot of kids will be out there. uh, Get there early and uh, watch that great pitching matchup. We've got our mailbag segment that we will have tomorrow, so you have an opportunity to get your questions in now as the Bucks veterans get ready to report on Thursday. Their first workout is Friday at 4 p.m. Now, if you want to submit your questions, just go on Twitter and hit us up at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud.com at tampabay.com. And folks, if you're looking for a family bonding experience, let's do this. Why don't you go scalloping? You can do that up in Crystal River at Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees. They've got everything you need up there. If you've got a party larger than six, you'll find a great selection of pontoon boats. They're going to give you everything in terms of safety equipment, GPS, the dive flag, and anchor, all of that. All you need is a saltwater fishing license. So book online now and get ready for some scalloping fun. Book online at swimmingwiththemantees.com or you can call 352-571-1888. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.